And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Late night Midnight on the interstate I didn't feel so great Welcome back to Straight from the Source. This is Michael Russo. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Just got back from Milwaukee, where the Wild beat the Chicago Blackhawks 3-0 last night in the first NHL uh, game in Milwaukee in almost three decades. It was at the Pfizer Forum. Outstanding building where the Milwaukee Bucks play and Wild uh, beat the Blackhawks 3-0 in front of a crowd that was mostly Blackhawk fans, uh, sold out in just minutes, and uh, the Wild put on a show last night, outshot the Blackhawks 33-12, to and they brought a pretty representative lineup, including Patrick Kane, uh, Peter Mrazek was in net, Marc-Andre Fleury pitched the 12-save shutout, not kidding, 12 saves, 33-12, to Wild on shots, uh, just gave the Blackhawks very little, and then when there were a couple breakdowns, um, really good defensive plays by guys like Damon Hunt to break up a three-on-one and things like that. Um, the Wild got goals from Brandon Duhame, a second of the preseason, Matt Boldy, who scored shorthanded, and Connor Durer, who scored shorthanded. The Wild, not only did they have the fifth-best penalty kill in the NHL in the preseason, uh, clipping at about 95%, but they have three shorthanded goals. The other one was by Marco Rossi uh, the other night in Dallas. Um, so again, Wild uh, playing really well right now, 4-0 in the preseason. Again, preseason is preseason, but the Wild are beating pretty representative lineups, like the game against Dallas the other night. That was a uh, large uh, number of Dallas Stars players that are actually going to be on the Stars this year, and the Wild did a really quality job down there. Uh, they cut their roster to 34 today. Jesper Wallstead and Damon Hunt, uh, two of the players that were sent to Iowa, which starts training camp today. Um, a couple guys, Joe Hicketts and Joseph Cramarosa, put on waivers, and they'll clear tomorrow and then be assigned to Iowa as well. So the roster is down to 34, and they'll get to 23 at some point, or a maximum of 23, but we pretty much know who are making the team. Um, if there are no 
further injuries or acquisitions in camp. We pretty much know the roster is all the locks that we're going to be here. You know, the Joes, the steals are included in that. But four guys that are roster hopefuls uh, about a week, week and a half ago that look like they are going to make the opening night roster, uh, especially with Jordan Greenway and Johnny Merrill not ready to start the season, are um, Marco Rossi, Nick Patan, Andre Schuster and Kalen Addison, who we pretty much thought was a lock, uh, especially after the Dmitry Kulikov trade. But uh, Addison has looked good. He's playing on the number one power play in camp. Marco Rossi has looked great, um, has four points in three games, and he is on the number two power play in camp. Uh, right now, Tyson Jost leads all wild players in points with five points in two games, including a three assist game uh, the other night in Dallas and a two goal game at his own st- old stomping ground in Colorado. Hopefully everybody read the Tyson Joe story that I uh, wrote the other day. Um, Marco Rossi's second on team with four preseason points and then a bunch of guys with three points, Matt Boldy, Sam Steele, Nick Patan, Connor Durer, and Ryan Hartman, who had another really good game yesterday. And I wrote a big Ryan Hartman story today, a really funny Ryan Hartman story today as well on how he got engaged this summer to his uh, fiance Lauren. And uh, they have been together since his junior year of high school when they met in Mankato during a national development team trip down there so uh hopefully everybody reads that got a lot of good stories in the works things like that uh, jake middleton um feature in the uh, in the works right now it's gonna be a really funny story got a really cool caprice of zuccarello story going and uh joe smith will be here um his first story is uh, supposed to run next monday and uh he should be here by um opening night uh there's no doubt about that all gonna go down to des moines for the uh, for the team bonding. And then when I get back, Joe Smith should be in town and ready to go uh, for the opening night, October 13th against the New York Rangers. Three preseason games left for the Minnesota Wild. They play in St. Louis on Tuesday and then two home games to wrap up the season where we should see the majority of the Wilds lineup in those games. Uh, those games are Thursday night against the Chicago Blackhawks and then a final game on Saturday at 5 p.m. against the Dallas Stars. So hopefully everybody will come on out to those games and also read all the coverage in the athletic, my guest today, Ray Shiro, the senior advisor to Billy Guerin. Um, hopefully, everybody reads, uh, listens to this podcast. It is a fascinating uh, podcast with Ray. A lot of really cool, cool stories. Um, if you don't know, Ray was actually born here in Minnesota when his dad, Freddie Shiro, the Hall of Famer, was coaching the St. Paul Saints. Um, he was born in uh, St. Paul, grew up in White Bear Lake, uh, until, and I believe lived there until five years old. Um, longtime assistant GM of the Ottawa Senators and National Predators, then uh, was the manager, the the GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins from 06 to 14. And that's the year in in the middle of that is the 09 team that won the Stanley Cup in Pittsburgh. And then he was also the New Jersey Devils uh, GM in 2015 through 2020. Um, really cool stories in this uh, podcast from Ray Shiro about the St. Paul Saints, about his dad, Freddie Shiro, about growing up uh, watching the Broad Street Bullies, and then lots of really cool stories about those early Ottawa Senators days and just a lot of really neat stuff about uh, when he took the Pittsburgh Penguins to West Point and watching guys like Sidney Crosby uh, roll Jeeps and repel off cliffs. They almost lost a PR gr- guy in that uh, trip as well. Um, we talk about just his dad building Stanley Cup winner and contenders in both um, both uh, Philadelphia and New York and uh, his management style. We talk about uh, the Chris Kunitz and Jake Gensel acquisitions um, in Pittsburgh. Uh, we talk about the day that he acquired Marion Host, which is always a fun story, the day he acquired Billy Guerin uh, in Pittsburgh before the 29 um, Stanley Cup uh, champion Pittsburgh Penguins, and just a lot of neat stuff. I mean, really, 
really cool guy, Ray Shiro, and somebody that helps uh, Bill Guerin out here in Minnesota a lot. So hopefully everybody enjoys this podcast with Ray Shiro, and then we'll be back as well uh, with uh, the Athletic Hockey Show, which I'm now co-host on with Jesse Granger and Rob Pizzo. That's every Wednesday here at The Athletic. So hopefully everybody um, that loves listening to this podcast straight from the source starts listening to The Athletic Hockey Show every day of the week, but especially on Wednesdays when I'm on there as well. Hopefully everybody enjoys that. Um, But really cool training camp going on so far. No injuries. Kirill Kaprizov um, was the one guy that was nicked up, but he was never scheduled to play any of the other preseason season games except the home games and so he should be again in the lineup uh thursday against the blackhawks and then saturday against the dallas stars but without further ado let's get to ray shiro but first a word from one of our sponsors looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. So, Ray, do you know do you know the term one of us here in Minnesota? Do you know this term? I do not. Okay, but- so there's this thing I think I dubbed it. But mm-hmm. one of us is what Minnesotans call themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, you're one of us. Mm-hmm. Like, me, I've lived here for 17 years. I'm not one of us because mm-hmm. I grew up in Florida, New York, all mm-hmm. that. But you are truly one of us. People mm-hmm. don't realize this. That you are a St. Paul native, lived mm-hmm. in White Bear Lake. Mm-hmm. And uh, where, where were you born? What hospital? Is your- uh, St. Joe's, I think. Right, right. right, right down the street. And, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was born here in 1962. And uh, I lived here for four years, well, uh, White Bear Lake. That's, that's good. And um, it's funny because, um, you know, I just get back, you know, for hockey stuff. And uh, so when I get a chance, I'd always go to White Bear Lake or try to find my – I can't find my house uh, where uh-huh. we lived. Can't find it. But I remember so much about it and skating on, on the lake and all that stuff. And it's funny that you, I'm, I'm one of us. Well, <laughs> I was out at last summer after the draft on a Sunday. I was out at Matt Hendrick's house and um, we, you know, a few of us and Matt Carl's boat were on the Lake Minnetonka. It was a beautiful Sunday and – um, you know, 10,000 lakes. I'm like, hey, Hendy, this is, this, I only know one lake, I think, and this is it. This is beautiful. And Hendy's like, well, weren't you born in, uh, didn't you live in White Bear Lake? I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, that's two lakes. I'm like, <laughs> so that's one of us for me. So, um, no, it's, it's, a, it's a great place. I'm proud to say that, you know, yeah. even in, when I was playing college hockey, they would, you know, they would say Ray Shiro from Hartsdale, New York. That's where my dad was coaching the Rangers or whatever. I'm like, I got it. I'm like, no, I'm from St. Paul. Yeah, that actually looks better on a hockey <laughs> roster. But um, yeah, so I'm very proud to have yeah. been born here. And, you know, my father coached the, the Fighting Saints back in the day yeah. and the old Minneapolis Miller rivalry. Maybe I think he might have been here six, seven years, maybe. Um, and I think my, my dad coached a long time. I think the only losing season he had might have been 1962, the year I was born. So, ah. I, was a, so I was a problem. <laughs> he was distracted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> so that was it. Yeah. So obviously, uh, Ray, uh, former uh, Devils and uh, Penguins GM, was in Ottawa and New, New Nashville before that for a long, long time. Um, and and you are a hockey lifer, but you 
but well, well before you, uh, you were in management, you were the son of Fred Shiro, and Fred is just a coaching legend. I mean, you know, a couple cups with the Philadelphia Flyers, Hockey Hall of Famer, um, was with the Rangers. I remember he left the Ra- he left the Flyers to go to the Rangers, and he brings them to the Cup the first time. Yeah, I wasn't happy about that. <laughs> I was 16. I was, um, uh, yeah, so, you know, you know I, I was born in St. Paul, lived here four years, then, you know, uh, you know, a coaching job, like, okay, my dad's working somewhere else. Okay, then we moved to Buffalo, New York. Then we moved to Omaha. Then we moved to Philadelphia. <laughs> then we moved to Cherry, New Jersey. Then, But that was, you know, some of the – the great things meeting so many people and you know as a you know after he was seven years in philadelphia and with Leary on his contract he ended up leaving the flyers and um and i was 16 years old then so i you know i lived in south jersey for six years and, and where your formative years and i hated the rangers like mm-hmm. the dad's coach of the flyers next thing you know he's gm coach of the rangers and i was 16 and going into my junior year and i had no interest to go to school in new york or and, and so that's when i went to prep school which is ended up being a great decision for me and um, but you know, that was, you know, um, moving around and all that stuff is a real benefit. Just maybe not for some people, but for me, I always, I, I really enjoyed it just from meeting so many people and I still keep in touch with people that I've, you know, a long time ago. And it's, a uh, you know, it's one of the benefits of being in hockey and, um, you know, following my dad's career around and I never knew any of That was my dad and mm-hmm. my mom and my brother and there we go. And. But that, there was no expansion back then, so we lived in every cold place you can know. So that was right. Like, so you were you said you were born in '62, so '74 mm-hmm. and '75 when the Flyers won the Cup, you would have been 12 and 13, 12, 13 years old. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's so I, beneficial. I remember everything about yeah. it, and it's it's really something from you know. Tell me, all, tell me some Broad Street Bullies stories. I mean, um, I'm sure you got a thousand of them, um, which are more uh, PG rated. I don't know, <laughs> but I mean, it's always it's so funny because you know I was my dad got there in 1971. Um, and I was nine years old, and um, at his first year, uh, he was there seven years coaching the Flyers. His first year, um, you know, he, they if they were playing the last game of the season, there were 78 games, and um, played in Buffalo. And it's 1971-72, the last game of the season, they need one point to make the playoffs. And uh, it's 2-2 with 10 seconds left in the game. There's no overtime back then. And I'm, I'm nine years old and watching the game. Um, and this is funny with hockey, where we have this rented house in Philadelphia in 1971-72. Was, it was actually Vic Stasiak, the former coach of the Flyers, who got fired, and we rented his house. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and that's hockey. I'm in fourth grade, and all we need is one point. And mm-hmm. my mom is drinking coffee, whatever, and she's in a, and my brother, whatever. And Jerry Meehan comes over the bread line, takes a slap shot, and four seconds left in the game, beats Doug Favell from 55 feet, and the Flyers missed the playoffs and talk about that. I cry, 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 cry. My mom's coffee went against the wall. Like what the heck just happened? And I was, I had to go to school the next day and I was fourth grade. And I'm like, I'm so dejected. I'm walking. I'm, and you know, before, like eight 30 or something like that. And the kids are outside playing kickball before school. And I'll never forget it. This one kid goes, Hey, Shiro, your old man in Favelle blew it. I'm like, <laughs> Uh, that's my welcome to Philadelphia, Mom. Like, oh boy, this is uh, good. But then it, you know, from there it went a lot better. And that summer, um, I, and Ed Snyder, the the, the original and longtime owner, and uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, and it's always been wonderful to my entire family. And Keith Allen, the you know Hall of Fame Hall of Fame GM, um, told me the story of what after the first year that um, my father they had a meeting, and my dad said. Um, you know, here's what I think. I, I think I need help. Mm-hmm. I, I want to hire an assistant coach. And 
Ed Snyder actually told me the story. He said, you know, we finished the meeting. Um, your dad left, and I looked at Keith Allen, the general manager, and said, Keith, um, should we just call him back and fire him now or wait till Monday? <laughs> what? Like Keith was a real backer of my father's and went on limb to hire him. And this guy's so dumb, he needs help. That was how it was. And But they let him hire Mike Nickluck, and the next year they went to the – they beat Montreal in the first round, and – or maybe once the seven, and the third year they won the Stanley Cup. Fourth year, but Mike so that Nick- was the first time they ever really had assistant coaches. Mike Nickluck was the first assistant wow. coach in the NHL wow. in 1972, and um, he was with uh, you know he was there for both cups and went to the Rangers mm-hmm. like that assistant coach. But that's what I say. I, you know, I'm a I love the history of hockey, and some of the times always you know now teams have five assistant coaches, yeah. and sometimes I'll just say, hey, do you know who the first assistant coach was? Nope. Well, you should, you know. Yeah. Uh, but those were you know, some of the things. And, you know, but it was a, a great time to grow up yeah. and um, met many great people. And then a lot of them that played for my dad, um, you know, I, I still keep in touch with and see with Bernie Perrant or Bob mm-hmm. Clark or Bill Barber, um, Andre DuPont, uh, Dave Schultz, Don Celeste, I see some. I mean, there were, they were really good years. And yeah. we got many more stories than that. Yeah, I know. I bet. <laughs> Trust me. That was only when I was nine. Yeah, I know. Imagine uh, just uh, what it was be like yeah. around those guys, yeah. Dave Schultz and those. Oh, yeah, guys. it was. But you know, I was you know even the you know I was in nineteen seventy six the game against the Soviets. You know when yeah. they left the ice and all that stuff, and you know being there for that, and you know it's um, you know it's an incredible experience, and really look back at it, and you know. Um, and, I, and my dad, you know, if I wanted to go to the rink, he would always take me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, that was awesome. That's, you know, I always had the passion to, to do that and, you know, skate before practice and hang out and steal sticks and yeah. do all those stupid things as a kid. And, um, but it was, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful way to grow up and a lot of, a lot of memories and a lot of people I've met along the way. No doubt. And we're, we're, I, I'm remiss to say we're coming to you technically from wild headquarters, right? We're at Tommy <laughs> City Pub. Yes, let's do that. Um, it feels like we're at a uh, wild headquarters. Yes. So the number of wild people that mm-hmm. hang out here and, um, you've been, uh, you've been at hockey bars around, uh, this country, around, um, around Canada. Mm-hmm. I mean, wh- where would you say that this place ranks in terms of like hockey, hockey bars in this world? Uh, honestly be a one i'd say one this is like especially um you know a couple of nights ago after the exhibition game against colorado we all came over here and i mean it, it, what tom has done here and i i i would only come here a few times though during my years until i got to minnesota and you know i remember tom as a player but getting to know him over you know over the last you know 15 months i've been with the wild has spent a lot of time with him and it's 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 incredible but you know the Everybody knows about Tom Reed's around the league and to be able to hang out here. And it's such a beautiful uh, place here. And, you know, the TVs and you got sports on and we just had a, a buffet, which I didn't even know existed. That was <laughs> that was awesome. Um, but I, I really I mean, there's always a, a sports bar or a hockey bar somewhere. But I mean, I think Tom Reed's around the league is legendary. And, you know, one of the great things about was it 99, the expansion. Um, yep. uh, Tom Reed uh, decided to open up yeah. this bar and. Um, I mean, both have been beneficial for the the city of St. Paul and for the Wild in particular. It's been uh, it's great coming here, and um, it's a, it's a wonderful spot. And you know, it's um, you know, it's a legendary around the league, which is nice. Yeah, I, every <laughs> time you come here before a road game, if the team is in town, if you go to the back room here, you will find coaches, uh, managers, trainers, mm-hmm. uh, PR people, beat writers. It mm-hmm. is it is it is the place. Yeah. I still remember when I covered. Um, so I started covering the, the Wild in 2005, but I remember mm-hmm. from 2000 to 2004, 
coming here to the, you know and for for dinner before games. And, I, I think and, I was in Pittsburgh. I remember, yeah. and um, I didn't know Tom was doing like the radio, or whatever. Yeah, and I didn't know even at that point. I'm like Tom Reed. I'm like, oh wow. Yeah, I remember defenseman for the North Stars, all that stuff, and I'm like. They, they see what they do with that bar. Is that no? That's his. I'm like, I didn't even know that. Like, that's me. That's why I knew. Not only does he own it, I mean, he busts his table. So oh, he's he, um, a man of the he people. He does, here. and uh, I was fortunate yeah. a couple of nights ago to spend a, like an hour and a half with him, and you know, talk about you know some old stories and asking yeah. questions. I used to skate like when I was four years old. Uh, at, that's what it used to be with the Civic Auditorium yeah, or something Center, like that. Yeah. And I'll never, I still remember, and you know, have him tell me stories about some of the places. And um, but it's so great. He actually gave me a. One of the a book that just came out, you know, about the St. Paul, um, you know, the WHA team, yeah. which like he asked me, he only gave it to me two nights ago. And I was sitting with him yesterday on the bus and we got to Denver on the way to the, the rink. And he goes, hey, have you read the book? And I'm like, read the book. I'm just, I just looked at the pictures, buddy. I'm going to get to it. <laughs> and um, no, it's really interesting. I love that type of stuff. And but uh, really fortunate. I'm glad we're doing this here at his place, because as we're sitting here, there's all the TVs are on and all the sports yeah. are going on. And, and um, it was just fun. And. Um, but it's uh, it's nice that uh, he, he's got a made a, this a great spot for people, and it's a comfortable spot, and everybody's welcome. And it's awesome, right? The WHA book is is uh, um, it's not Winnesota, is it? No, okay. I think it's called uh, Slapshot or something like. Okay, uh, my, oh yeah, so uh, it is. Yeah. It's, yes. it's, it's the written with, by uh, with Lefty Kurt. Yep, and yep. it's written by yes. uh, Dan Winnesota. On, okay, and there you he go. actually had a great question uh, for you, mm -hmm. which I didn't even know mm -hmm. this until he asked the question mm -hmm. on Twitter. He wanted to know how do you think things would have changed for the North Stars if your dad took the job Oof. with the North Stars. So he, so your dad was was manager or coach. Um, be, well, I got to read the book apparently. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I haven't got that far, but it, it's about the WHA team or the yeah. North Stars. Well, no, the North Stars. North Stars. So well, apparently, it, yeah, your dad was up for a job I, here and didn't I, take you know, it. Well, I'm not, I think I honestly, I think I read something within the last month, um, some of the hockey archive somewhere. Um, because you know he coached the Fighting Saints for mm -hmm. maybe six years, and they won the, the championship and stuff. But when he, when we he, then we were in Omaha, and that was the New York Ranger farm team. They won the uh, the CHL championship, and you know Joel Villemur and Andre Dupont was on that team. They had so and um, but that was the Ranger farm team, and the the the, the thing that I always remember, and um, which Keith Allen and, and Ed Snyder reminded me of, is that. Um, Ed, Emil Francis had the chance, you know, to, to hire my dad to be the head coach of the Rangers, but mm -hmm. you know he was GM coach and want to relinquish that, and God bless him. But so the Flyers took a chance at him in '71, '72, and when the Flyers won the Cup in '74, mm -hmm. they beat the Rangers in the semifinals. And my because my father actually played for the New York Rangers three years, yeah. uh, '49 to '51, too, whatever. Um, and I think the Rangers were always in his heart until Philadelphia came around, and you know he. Later on, he did have a chance to be the GM coach of the Rangers, too. But I'm not sure how close that would have been the North Stars. But, I mean, I think Jack Gordon was a friend of his back then, too, and um, and all these guys. But all I know is that I'm not going to try to rewrite history because it worked out pretty well in Philly. Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. But your dad was such an innovator, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was one of the first people that watched tape. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had a, he had great lines. Yeah. I mean, that, like, I've even, you know, mm -hmm. used the line in, in print. Like, you know, yeah. they didn't need to, like, yeah. Zamboni that side oh, of the yeah. ice. I mean, oh, that, yeah. was, that was that was one of his. Oh, there's, uh, there's and there's so, pictures throughout Tom Reed's here of your Yeah, of your absolutely. Dad there's a uh, bunch here. And, you know, the the one, the, the most probably famous one, but, um, but he has so much more than – and he would like to accumulate with the players in terms of a little like, more than even one on ones. Like players would say they'd find in the, before practice, they mm -hmm. put on their gloves, and all of a sudden they're like, "What the heck?" There's a note in there from my dad. That was his sometimes subtle way, or 
like Phil Esposito with, with the Rangers, and you'd always say that your dad, like he would, uh, if critical point of a game, he would stand behind me and then just say, I need you. And he would just like rub my back, like I need you. And he goes, I just want to go through a wall. For yeah. Me. And, you know, it was a different way sometimes of motivating people and, and players. And, um, but, you know, we we're really, you know, fortunate for the opportunity that Philadelphia gave him. And, you know, that's, um, and it's so funny. You know, I have two boys, uh, one uh, graduated Boston College in 17, and now he scouts for Columbus. And uh, my younger boy, um, Kyle, yeah. he just uh, graduated Connecticut College and got hired by the Flyers as an amateur scout. And that's he's awesome. starting off, and that's the first Shiro back for the Flyers since uh, 78. So Amazing. really proud of that. Yeah. And um, anyway, the opportunity they, they yeah. provided him. But, um, but it's, you know, it's, uh, it was one of those things, too, because even with, you know, the Flyer North Star, there was a rivalry back um, being in the 72-73, they played a great series, and I think the Flyers won in six games. And, um, you know, I always, I was saying this to Tom Reed the other day, that even as a kid, like maybe on TV, I used to love back in 69-70, St. Louis, Minnesota playoff game. Mm-hmm. Like that was just, that was great hockey. And um, But it's, you know, fortunate that Minnesota was one of the, you know, part of expansion to go to 12 teams, and um, and they're still going strong. Yeah. What was your last one on your dad? Um, mm-hmm. I, and you know, I remember when your dad was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously it was it was well after he passed. Yeah. I mean, um, and I almost feel like you were close to being in Minnesota around that time because I remember talking to you in the press box here about it. Yeah. But where did you get the call? Like, what was the call like? Who called you? And what was that like being um, in uh, Toronto was, for that? Yeah, it was it was a really amazing experience because you know it's you know, my father passed away in 1990 and. You know, there's all a lot of you know over the years that you know maybe should be and not be in, but it, it, until you know, as a builder uh, from the coaching standpoint, and there hadn't been a coach inducted in a long time, and it was really the call uh, I got was over the July 4th, I think it was. It was I was down at the AHL meetings at Hilton Head, mm-hmm. and I was with Pittsburgh, and you know the you know it was really special. The call was you know from Pat Quinn, who was wow. the head of the hall, and Pat has been a longtime friend of my father's and. Pat actually got his first coaching job uh, start with Philadelphia. My dad hired him as an assistant, mm-hmm. and it was 1977, I believe. And so I think I, you know, I was maybe, but I remember one that my dad's coaching staff. It was my father, and they had already won two cups, and and he loved like hiring people that would challenge and be different, whatever. But Pat Quinn, Terry Crisp, and uh, the goalie coach was Jacques Plant. Right. So I'm hanging around the office. I'm like. <laughs> I'm just listening, pretending I'm reading or something, Philadelphia Inquirer or something like that. And it was really, you know, special being around that. And uh, But with the with Pat, you know, making the call and, and Pat in Toronto at the Hall of Fame uh, presenting that to me. Um, and I spoke on behalf of my father, which was special. And, yeah. you know, the thing with, um, as, you know, uh, Kelly Massey from the Hall of Fame, who was fantastic. Yeah. She's uh, just got an email from her. Today. Oh, did you tell yeah. her? I said hello. Yeah. She was oh, what amazing. Everybody. Boy, what an amazing person she is. And. But it was, uh, I think she had said that because Ed Snyder chartered a plane mm-hmm. and all the all the flyers and came up and they've never, ever experienced that before. And that's oh. the flyer thing. And it meant a lot. And, um, you know, and, uh, you know, my, and my my mom and my mom passed away in 2010. And but I know my mom and dad would be very proud that, yeah. you know, that they yeah. went there to support him. And it was a really yeah. special time and all around. So it was, it was awesome. Yeah. Pat Quinn also, uh, you know, a huge history here in Minnesota. Absolutely. Actually. I remember in mm-hmm. 2009 when Jacques was leaving, 
I was sort of, I remember Chuck came on, and I was mm-hmm. kind of campaigning for Paquin. Oh, really? To come here to Minnesota <laughs> to coach the Wild just because I, I wanted to cover him. And I just, and you know, I always think of like, what would be a great story? I'm like, well, Pat's daughter lives here. Yes. All his kids, you know, Valerie, all his absolutely. grandkids live here. I'm like, there'd yes. be a great story. Absolutely. So and I always think of that. Yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely. And, um, but that's, you know, that's hockey. And I, it's funny because I, you know, I played hockey at St. Lawrence University and I was drafted by Los Angeles. And, you know, I never played the NHL, but, you know, I went to camp and everything like that in 1985. And it's so funny. You know who the head coach was of the L.A. Kings? Back. Pat Quinn. Oh, yeah. That was <laughs> yeah, he was my head coach. I'm like, maybe I'll cut me a breaker. And uh, no, it was really – and actually it was funny. And um, and actually the assistant coach was Mike Murphy, who's now a long time with the NHL, but played in the league for a long time yeah. and actually played for my father in Omaha as a rookie and got rookie of the year. And, um, you know, it, and he was 19 years old and Mike Murphy was funny. So um, this was back in probably 1968 or something like that and the Omaha Knights. And Mike tells the story like, Ray, I'm 19 years old. I ripped the league apart. I had like 30. So I, I get rookie of the year. And you're my year and me with your dad. Your yeah. dad said to me, I'll never forget it. Mike, I know you're not happy with your season. So how are you going to be better next year? <laughs> Mike's like, uh, what? <laughs> it worked out for Mike, and it was, and he was an assistant coach for that LA team, and it was said yeah. to spend a lot of time with him, and it was really, really great and beneficial. It was great. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I bet you Fred Shear. I mean, like if you think about it, I bet you he coached Minnesota professional hockey to its last championship, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, North Stars never won a cup. No, 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 yeah, that was uh, and, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and, and um, St. Paul won. A yeah, cup. it was funny. I was I remember um, when I was with the Penguins, I, I believe, maybe the Devils. So within the last five, seven years, something like that, um, yeah, we were playing here, and I was going through the media entrance, and you know, yeah, press pass for Shiro, and the gentleman was so nice. He goes, "Are you Freddie's son?" I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "Man, I knew your dad well." So when he coached St. Paul, he goes, "You know what?" I think he goes, I think he said I used to be a, a linesman or something in the in the league, but you know, the way it was back then after the games, you know, we go out and have a few beers with your dad. The yeah. referee's line, I'm like, wow, did he any good calls back then? I don't know. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's such a really a special place. And um and you know, just I, I was looking at my father's like coaching history just like a month ago. Just, I'm like, I was surprised I because I was here f- when I was born here till I was four. Yeah. But I believe he coached here maybe six years at least. Um and, yeah, and it was it was really really interesting and um it's uh you know some great history it just yeah but i can't still find my house in white bear lake so let's lie <laughs> it's probably yeah. uh it's, it's probably, it's probably like a, a lot smaller than a i quick thought trip now Put it this way is a lot uh, smaller than i thought yeah yeah i was just looking too. bruce boudreau just missed your dad here because he played for the fighting That's saints but he you were yeah. your dad was already in philly for yeah a long and he time. well he uh bruce but it was at the wha team yeah 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 so yeah that was something well, let me ask you. Um, let's let's start talking about your managerial mm-hmm. career. Let's mm-hmm. start with Ottawa. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Those uh, early Ottawa teams. Uh, you came. You weren't there with the expansion centers, right? Or you were? No, I, I was. You weren't the, there with the team that like won hundred, lost hundred games. No, <laughs> the team that lost eighty. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, so that was ninety two, ninety three. Was the first year. Okay. Um, I was in the, after St. Lawrence. Um, I was. I got in the agent business. So I was mm-hmm. young, and um, I think for six years. And uh, but nineteen ninety three. It was Ottawa's second year. Were you um, working for Newport? Or no, okay. I was. Uh, I was with, with Steve Bartlett. Oh, and, uh, okay, still, right, right, still right. Steve's a wonderful. Oh my God, and, yeah, he's so, the best. Uh, the best. Uh, and, uh, his son uh, and they're his uh, kids. Yeah, and, like Brian is yeah. like the nicest person yeah. to deal with. Like Brian yeah. is. Brian, so Wild fans know he's got Matt Boldy. Oh, yeah. He's got. I'm still, yeah, I'm um, mad about that. Yeah, he's got. Uh, he's got a couple others. Oh, Jordan Greenway. They've done. Yeah, with Jordan, of course. And I've known the boys since they were born. I was. I was telling. I can't remember. I was telling someone a story like. 
when I was about a, a couple, few weeks ago. So Brian, you know, Brian, uh, Brian and Scott, and but I remember you know, they were just young, and so we I was at Steve's house in Rochester, and they wanted to play, you know, they wanted to go downstairs and play hockey. It was okay, so me and Steve went down there, and Brian might be. Well, seven. <laughs> Scotty might be four, but Scotty for five. He wants to get in. So Scott wants to play goal. So it was so funny. Now you know I see these. They're, they're so successful and things like that. But all I know is one thing. I was saying. I think it was Chico Rush, JP Priest. who said, "Hey, Chico. Hey, Chico. Very hard to hit in practice today." Well, you know what? Poor Scotty. He was like four or five. We kept trying to hit him, he, and he was—he started balling, rips his equipment off, goes flying up the stairs. And so when was, when I deal with him in the agent business, it was funny. I'm, like, hey, I'm not gonna make you cry here, buddy. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but what a wonderful, wonderful family, and Linda's yeah. an incredible yeah. wife and mom. Yeah. And I was really just so fortunate yeah. to be able to have, have had that experience. Yeah, cool. Have, uh, yeah, Steve. Friend. Also, Steve. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, uh, I mean, man, dating back to even my Florida days, mm-hmm. the number of times I talked to Steve clients that he had down there, but mm-hmm. he had obviously he had Thomas mm-hmm. Vanek forever as well oh. here in Minnesota. Yeah, he was. I uh, was. Uh, it was so funny back then. I mean, we'd always stay back then. There's no you know, you're traveling, whatever after games. Where are we staying, Steve? He goes, I don't know. We'll find the place. There's no like, I mean, there's no internet to book things like that. So, but he yeah. had one eight hundred the roof. I'm like, what's that? The uh, red roof in? Okay, one eight hundred the roof. There's that's us, and um, he's the most uh, fiscally responsible rich person <laughs> that yeah. I might know. Yeah. And uh, but he's got you know, incredible longevity in the game, and that was, and he's still obviously doing great with yeah. his sons. But you know, it's going to be searched long and hard to find someone to say something bad about oh, he's in cl- yeah. hard business like yeah, that, you yeah. know, and he's done it for a long there time. Certain, and, there are certain agents yeah. that are unbelievably yeah. not respected. And this yeah, guy exactly. Is one of exactly. And um, that's, that's yeah. a nice thing to be able to say. Yeah. So I know I interrupted you. We were talking about Ottawa and I promise wild fans, we will talk about the wild as well sure. and what your role is mm-hmm. with Billy. Um, but, and I definitely want to get to how you traded for Billy too in Pittsburgh, oh, but, uh, but yeah, tell me those early Ottawa days. I mean, that had to be. Just yeah. So I, I was, uh, I got there. Um, so, uh, Randy Sexton was a president, then became GM um, after the first year. And Randy um, and I went to St. Lawrence together. And but you know, I we were very. He was uh, he was a great captain, and he was uh, uh, really. I always looked up to him, like as a player and a leader. And um, but you know, I was in the agent business six years before that. And you know, Randy's not going to hire me if I was in real estate business or something. <laughs> but so I was very fortunate. I was only thirty years old, and you know, we a lot of us always look back at those days because. I think uh, this, you know, the first year they won nine games. Mm-hmm. The second year, I think we won 10 games. <laughs> wow, it was a big improvement, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> but it was, uh, I was so fortunate to work with like some incredible people. I mean, our coach, Rick Bonus was the head coach. Yeah. Elaine Vino was assistant coach. Um, he was um, EJ McGuire assistant coach. Chico Ress, the goalie coach. Then we had uh, Jimmy Nill, obviously the gym in Dallas. Uh, Trevor Timmons. Um, wow. Which, um, uh, ended up. Yarmo Kekalen and I hired Yarmo at, at 96. We, and it's so funny. We always say, man, we had a great staff, but 10, 20 years later, a great staff. We were just so, we were young. And, uh-huh. you know, John Ferguson Sr., what an oh, yeah. incredible experience to work with, with John Sr. Yeah. And, we, and John Jr., John Ferguson Jr., was part-time scouting for us, and he was in law school at the same time. Um, but we just had a, a really, really great experience. And it was a great hockey town, but it was it was a real challenge playing the old Civic Center and things like that. And um, I remember teams would come in in the old Civic Center, and I remember it went to eleven one. We lose to uh, St. Louis one at eleven to one, and uh, I remember me and Randy went out just like well, we went out to you know, grab a dinner or something like that. And we're at the at the bar having a drink, and all of a sudden the dance floor starts opening up like in downtown Ottawa. We're like, what the heck is going on here? 
and the people are dancing and they're like bumping into us and Randy and I are talking and trying to talk. And this one guy recognizes Randy and goes, Randy, how do you guys do tonight? And Randy goes, what? How do you, how do you do How do we do tonight? Randy goes, we kicked their ass like 11-1. Way to go. We're on our way. Randy's like, oh, geez, we were not on our way. And, but it was, um, and, you know, and then, you know, when, um, you know, when Randy got let go, I was, you know, I was very fortunate. Uh, the, Pierre Goche came and I didn't know Pierre very, and he got rid of everybody except me. And I thought I was going to be the next one, but he gave me the opportunity. And, um, and then, you know, working with him and, you know, we ended up hiring Jacques Martin and, the team made the playoffs. They got our fifth year, and then you know became yeah. a real factor in the league, which was, was great. And um, so, I mean, both on and off the ice was a, a great experience. Some trying times, but I've never traded for the world. It was really, really something. It was funny. Uh, Pierre Gauthier, he didn't love reporters. But he <laughs> no. liked me really. And the reason why is anytime I would see him in a press box mm-hmm. after his managerial days yeah. and he was scouting, all I'd go up to him and start talking to him about movies, and he'd tell me like like he was a movie like fanatic really? and he just would absolutely like sit there and tell me about all the he like went you know, to, he the, went to his college in, yeah. in um, minnesota yeah and actually and um he was it was pierre was a, a funny guy i've still I've, you got to tell was, my semi oh absolutely i mean yeah. uh, but he was with our the hockey ops you know in a, with marshall johnston mm-hmm. marshall i mean what i mean one of the best uh people yeah, I've ever uh, in the game. one of the greatest oh, actually um and and i remember yeah. we i think it was um maybe 95 or 6 because uh marshall after the devils who you know marshall did such an incredible job for yeah. 10 years of the devils and you know drafted all these hall of famers yeah. and, and and as you know marshall i mean again like, like steve bartlett like it was such you know respected by people yeah. and um but i'll you know he's he's so he i remember we had a little press conference and we hired him in 95 or 6 and um you know people are asking questions and you know we you know you had success in new jersey and all that stuff so why would you take a job director of player personnel with ottawa i mean it's because they have, you know, Alexei Yashin and Alexander Dagg and all those guys. Um, he's like, well, no, didn't really think about that one. But um, actually, no, they're the only one that offered me a job. So here I am. <laughs> <laughs> so that was it. And what incredible. Then he obviously is, he became general manager of the, yeah. the, did one of the greatest deals when he, you know, had to force to trade Alexei Yashin and the Islanders, but came up pretty well with uh, Chara yeah. and ended up getting Spezza in the deal. And, um, but those were incredible challenging days but really really incredible and yeah. and even so i was there five years but in the fifth year rick dudley had come in because pierre went to pierre gochi went to uh, anaheim and i know rick really well i covered him I, in florida yeah right i knew rick really well because we had our affiliation with him all the time and i remember back in actually when i first met don waddell and peter horchuk and these guys and john Cullen was one of my clients back with the flint flint team back um in, in 1987 and um knew rick a long time but David Poyle became in my office and Nashville had the expansion team in November. I remember their first year and Rick came in and said, David Poyle asked permission to talk to you. I'm like, David Poyle. I'm like, I mean, I'm an assistant GM like for five years, whatever. I mean, we don't travel the same circles and as GMs. I'm like, I'm David Poyle, what do you want to talk to me about? Uh, he's looking for an assistant GM. Yeah. What do you want to talk to me about? <laughs> I'm like what? So I'm I, okay. I flew down there for like three days and, Ended up making a lateral move, which one of the I mean, made the best yeah. thing for my career eight years Absolutely. in Nashville with David and uh, and, the, and the Predators and, and Elizabeth Poyle. It was just it was a great thing and um and you know twenty five years for the for the Preds now and you know Craig Leopold was the owner yeah. and um, boy oh boy it was a really uh, an incredible experience yeah. and 
Um, look forward to going back for the draft. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. I'll tell you, you just mentioning Marshall Johnson though yeah. makes me. I used to talk to him all the time. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, like, you, where does he even live? He's, I, he's in. Um, I want to say Brainerd. Um, Brainerd. Yeah, because Brainerd, uh, yeah, he's right. Yeah, yeah. Brainerd. He, um, well, he. I, he, I was just looking. He yes. still has a six-one-two area. Yeah, he code, does. So. Yeah, he. Um, and he. Uh, I think I, I'm not sure if he's still up until maybe a year or two ago. Every. Um, him and Barb, his wife, they would uh, spend time in Arizona. In Arizona, and yeah. obviously he was like pro scouting. He actually yeah. stayed on another year that he wanted to with Carolina because Ron <laughs> Francis was really yeah. want. And you know he he got his name in the cup with Carolina as director yeah. of pro scouting. It was six, and um, but with Marshall, I mean, oh, you know, it's best. like getting anybody. It's, it's worked with him or the pleasure. Yeah, like what a man of principle, and boy, he's yeah. a learned a so lot from great him. people. Oh, yeah, Andre Savard was there for God's sake. Yeah. Andre, we know it's a really good group of people, and. Um, but we went through a lot and, but it was, uh, it's nice to see that they're getting the yeah. energy and back in the city now with the, hopefully they're going to have a, yeah. on their way, hopefully to kind of do stuff. So that'd be nice. Yeah. Let's talk about the Penguins. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, you're the GM of the 2009, uh, mm-hmm. Penguins team and, um, w- a couple really good pickups that you made there. And one of my favorites is, is the Marion host trade. Mm-hmm. I mean, that one was with your buddy, Don Waddell, right? Yeah, right. Uh, with Atlanta, like mm-hmm. hey, tell that story because I've, I've read about it before yeah. and it's still one of the great, like, you know, deaths, uh-huh. yeah. uh, yeah, you know, yeah. like as was, Chuck Fletcher has said before, uh, deft stick handling. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was, um, well, I was, I was fortunate that, um, you know, I was in Pittsburgh eight years, but, um, when I got that job in 06, that, um, I was, you know, I, I, I knew Chuck. I mean, we were both assistant GMs or uh, travel the same you know, background, you know, his father, my father, but we didn't know each other that well. But one of the best moves I ever made was, you know, hiring Chuck as my assistant GM. And, you know, I never put it in writing, but, you know, I said, geez, I mean, you might have an opportunity somewhere, but I, I need three years. Like, how do you elite? Like, and he goes, you have my word. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. And he gave me three years and the semifinals <laughs> against Carolina got the job in Minnesota. But, um, but with the HOSA thing, you know, I, I was with in Ottawa when we drafted Marion, and it was real. That was a Marshall Johnson pick, Andre Savard, Marshall Johnson, and but you know, I was and Marion was just a kid, and I mean, he, his we sent him back to he was. I remember we were in the Pittsburgh draft. It was '97, and um, we were picking 12, um, and, and um, Pierre Goche, myself, uh, Andre Savard, Marshall Johnson, maybe Trevor Timmons went to dinner night before the draft, and Pierre go Pierre. I remember, forget this. Pierre said to, to Marshall, said Marshall, I'm telling you. Your guy's host, I think we've got a chance. And Marshall's like, Pierre, there's no way host is going to be at 12. And he goes, I think he might be. And I'll never forget. Marshall goes, Pierre, if he's at 12, I'm going to fall right out of my seat. Right out of my seat. Sure enough, we're, there we are the next day picking Marshall because there he is. He's a, we take host and we, you know, he goes back to junior place where Ben, ben Peterson with the Portland uh, yeah. Winterhawks. They win the Memorial Cup, but I'm watching the Memorial Cup and, um, in the championship game, in the, I think it's the second period, he takes a knee-on-knee, knee, ACL. Wow. Like, every St. Olsen, Ottawa might have the best player outside the NHL, and I'm like, here's Ottawa's luck. Poor Marion Hosa, yeah. ACL injury, out, right? And uh, they won the champ, the Memorial Cup, and they had to put, a, put him out there in a wheelchair because he was, had to get surgery. But, um, you know, so, you know, the whole thing with at the All-Star game in 07, um, this really wasn't on the – with Pittsburgh, we kind of – this happened quicker than we thought. Um, you know, the year before I got there was Sid's rookie year, and they had 58 points. He had 102. <laughs> um, then, you know, and Craig Patrick did an incredible job there for a long time. And um, but you know, they didn't. They kind of, as we all know, I mean, they, the money part was a problem, and until they get a building, and if they could or not. So, 
um, in 07, my second year, um, you know, we had 105 points my first year, and we are doing a good job the second year. And I remember the All-Star game in uh, Atlanta. We had a board meeting, and, you know, Ron Berkeley and Mario were there, and Ken Sawyer, and just um, who's the best guy out there in Mahosa? Uh, we should get him. Well, that's a big change that we talked about, both, you know, whether <laughs> asset-wise or money-wise, whatever. Yeah. And, well, you know, they okay. So I remember talking to Don and me the next day, listen, if you can't sign Hosa, you know, can you keep me in mind? So sure enough, Donnie's like, really? I'm like, yeah. So, you know, it was on and on. And it was, I remember there was Tom Fitzgerald. It was Fitzy's first trade deadline. It was my, maybe he's a director of player development. And uh, it was so funny. Um, we're in my office and I think it was myself and Chuck Fletcher, Jason Botterill and Fitzy. And it might've been, a, the deadline's at three o'clock. And Fitzy might have, it might have been one o'clock. And Fitzy like lies down on my couch, goes, Ray, is every trade deadline this boring? <laughs> well, two hours later, yeah, one minute before the deadline, do the deal. And, you know, years later, I've known Don a long time, but he's in Atlanta's in Montreal and he's in their suite there and with his staff. And this, Donnie's got a, his slippers on and a bathrobe, I guess they, he said. And um, he thought he might have had something with maybe Montreal. But it was, we did it. He called me like at 20 minutes to three. And I'll never forget this because this is uh, my first big deal. It was the most nerve wracking thing because it might have been six minutes before three o'clock. Yeah, Fitzy finally got up off the couch. (laughs) You know, stuff's (laughs) happening. And I'll never forget this because I had a a deal, not a deal, I had a potential deal with Dale Talon in Chicago, a soft deal. Um, for, you know, it was maybe a fourth round pick for maybe a winger or something like that. And so I got Dale on the phone saying, Ray, like, I need an answer. And I'm like, hold on. I put him on hold. I, I'm trying, I'm calling Mario. And Mario picks up the phone. He was golfing. And oh, well, he's, but Mario was fantastic. Honestly, I'm, Mario, I can't even say enough good things about him uh-huh. uh, anyway. So, and I got Don Waddell on hold. So I got, I got Dale Tell on hold. Um, and I got uh, Don Waddell on hold. And I'm talking to Mary on the cell. It's like four minutes left. And I laid out the thing with Atlanta. Here, it came back to us. Here's the deal. And I, and I, go, I go, the only thing, he goes, what do you think? I go, Mary, the only thing is like, this is totally different. We talked about blah, blah, blah. It's a risk. I'll never forget what, when I said it's a risk. I'll never forget what um, Mario said. He goes, Ray, I'm a risk taker. I bought wow. this team out of bankruptcy. I would do it. But listen, I don't know the players like you guys do. But that's me. And I'm like, okay, I hang up. I think I heard Mario like take a nice swing or something like that, but hang up. I, Don, he was like, what the heck? I'm like, there's like two minutes left. I'm like, here's the blah, blah, blah. Later. We have a deal? He goes, we have a deal. I'm like, yeah, we have a deal. I, my heart is just racing. And Chuck goes, and Chuck has to get the facts in the league, right? right? right. The, like less than a minute to go. And I'm just like, oh my God, what did I just do? I can't even believe what I just did. And... Next thing you know, like, I'm like, and I actually got up and the deadline passed. It might be 3.04. And I, I'm like, I actually walked in my assistant's office and Chuck is standing there making to get the, the receipt from the league, from the facts. And he's like, everything all right? I'm like, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> what? What do you mean? We already said it. I'm like, Chuck's like, right, you all right? I'm like, no, no. What the heck did we just do? And that's like my first deal. I'm like, oh my God. And it turned out 
well, obviously, for, yeah. you know, Marion was fantastic. We got Pascal Dupuy in the deal and all that stuff, but, um, and Pascal would be a good player. But the funny part was, at about 3.15, my, my office phone rings. I'm like, oh, uh, hello? Ray. Yeah? It's still telling. I'm like... <laughs> Oh, he goes, what the hell happened? <laughs> I, th- I totally forgot I had him on hold still. <laughs> he goes, and I just, he goes, and I, I, he just saw the news. We trade for hosts. He goes, no wonder you had me on hold. I, I totally forgot I had him on, on the phone. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about that, Dale. It was so And the winner was Patrick yeah, Kane. Yeah, 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 no, I wish for a fourth round pick. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, they hadn't gotten to that part. Yeah. But anyway, no, that was how that worked out. And But it's funny that. The emotions go through that, and it's a risk. And yeah. I never forget from what Mario said. And who's in the trade again? It was Cole? It was um, Cole. It was, uh, we traded Colby Armstrong, um, our former, our first round pick the year before, um, Angelo Esposito, our first round pick that year, which they took uh, at number thirty, ended up being because we went to the finals. Um, and who else was it? Um, oh, Eric Christensen. So oh, two okay. roster players. Yeah, and that's actually how we ended up getting Dupuy too, because I remember about two weeks before they couldn't sign him, mm-hmm. and they sent out an email anybody interested in Pascal Dupuy. Right. So that's why, like, we're like, three minutes left, and what, so we got rid of you know, Colby Armstrong was in both. Colby was fantastic, and Eric was a good player. Two roster players, and all of a sudden I'm looking at him like, damn. I go, hey Donnie, I need a winger back or a forward back. He's like, huh? I'm like. Uh, I need a forward. And he's like, well, what about Dupuy? I'm like, what about him? Then I realized, like, uh, how much do you make? Yeah, eight, eight, high, whatever. I'm like, I'll take him. So I knew we, like, we had talked about him, but okay. So he gets thrown the deal because you couldn't sign him. And it was, it, was, uh, it was tough because it was, you know, Army was, uh, Colby was Sid's winger and best friend. Yeah. But that's the thing. And, yeah. But in um, the meantime, you, you wind up trading for uh Kunitz a year oh, after, and yeah. you draft Gensel. I mean, it's probably yeah, two no, best wingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because, well, even Brian Rust, right? Yeah. So Gensel yeah. and Rust, right? And it was, and then you know, before that, you know, we at the same the next year we traded for Billy Garen, obviously, yeah. uh, right before that, uh, maybe a week before trade yeah. for Kunitz. So two years leading up until your Stanley Cup championship, you had Hosa Kunitz and Gary yep. Ascension. Um, yep. Yeah. Hal Gill, yeah, uh, which was a big factor yeah. for us as well, and no um, pun intended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true too. Yeah. And um, but that, that was, you know, it was it, it was funny. We traded for, we actually traded for Hal Gill in a weight at the deadline, and um, like we're doing that was the host of deal, right? That also, so a lot of stuff was going on. So it was really funny, and this, I, I don't know. So Chuck, so Cliff Fletcher was the GM or interim GM of the uh, Leafs at that time, mm-hmm. time where you know Hal Gill was playing and to me you know uh, playing against washington potentially the you know with obenchkin and stuff like that having any sort of size in the back end you know we had orpic obviously and mm-hmm. he was fantastic but you'd always read about you know whether it's yager the hardest guy for him to play against was, was hal gill you know it was just he was so big and whatever and i uh, kind of kept that in mind and so we, we were trying to trade for gill and i said chuck i'm working on this and whatever can you want to you know deal with your dad Okay, no problem. <laughs> so on, it did. So here's this, it was a funny story. Trader Cliff. The Trader Cliff. Well, this is a funny story. So to me is that um, so Chuck's office is on the hall for me, and, and this is maybe a day before the deadline, if I recall. And I'm like, I can't remember what it was. It was like a you know, Chuck. He talked to his dad. Comes back in my office, and Chuck and I got along so well, and he was so good for me, and um, and one of my best things in, with. New Jersey for four and a half years was Chuck was on my senior advisor for five months. Like it was just a great time. And 
he walks in and goes, you're not going to believe this. I'm like, what? He goes, I think my dad's got a deal with um, Edmonton. For, for who? For Hal. What? What are you talking about? What, what's the deal? Uh, second and a fourth or something like that. I'm like, have they done it? Uh, no, I don't think so, but he's got to get back to Glenn. I'm like, what? what really? I'm like, what? what the heck? I'm like, mm-hmm. look at that Chuck. Like, I'm kind of pissed. Like, Chuck, like, I said, I said, Chuck. He goes, well, him and Glenn go way back, right? I'm like, yeah, you well, go you and your, that's, your, that's, your, that's your dad. <laughs> your son. You go way back farther than him and Glenn. So Chuck just looked at me, does it about face. I'm like, oh, that was the only time I was probably pissed. Like, Chuck goes back to his office. I'm like, oh, man, we lost guilt. What the heck? So I'm ta- talking to somebody. And next thing you know, about 20 minutes later, Chuck comes back in my office, closes the door. We got Hal Gill. I'm like, what? <laughs> I told my dad, I'm your son, goddammit. <laughs> and next thing you know, we got it for a second and a fourth or something like that. That's how we got Hal. You know? So Chuck did the deal with his dad. It was so funny. Yeah. And um, so How funny it would be if years later we learned that Cliff uh, was just lying to Chuck. It was never a second or fourth. It was well, like a fifth. And- you know what? They'll have a tough time up in Muskoka's that week when they, yeah. they, they rent the house and stuff like that. But that was, that was funny. And oh, but we have uh, you know, that. And they, they were all big factors and all different kind of characters. And, you know, I still remember... I think it was in the finals the next year when we actually did play Washington in the second round, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Crosby, you know, Vetchkin thing in, in uh, 09 was amazing series, obviously, but um, it might've been between games. Like, we're in Pittsburgh in the old Mellon arena and um, it was an off day and, you know, the, the training room was so small there, but yeah. everybody's getting, you know, in the hot tubs, getting right, what, beside whatever on the off day. And I just walked in to get aspirin from our trainer or something like that, mm-hmm. which is embarrassing. <laughs> and, um, everybody, and so out of the cold tub, the old, it's right out of major league. Honestly, all it needs is like the, the boat motor on the back. It's a silver tub. We had Pittsburgh, yeah. these guys, a cold tub and Hal Gill six, seven and Hal Gill, you know, jumps out of the cold tub. He's buck naked. And I'm like, Hey, what's up? He goes, not much. Just, you know, get in the cold tub. I'm like, how you feeling? And they, Hal Gill goes, Ray, I feel like a million bucks, but you're paying me too. <laughs> Which he was. I, he was making too good. I'm like, that is a good line. Yeah. I remember that. But all yeah. kinds of characters, and but they're yeah. all very. I see Hal all the time because he's on the national. Uh, oh, yeah. He does. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, one of the, he was a really, team, but so. a very competitive player. But yeah. you know, obviously, the you know, with the guys like that and even Craig Adams who yeah. kept on waivers. But, you know, because we were five points out of the playoffs. And yeah. obviously, even with a coaching change from 15th. And, and I always say, like, you know, the Billy, train for Billy. Adding two, it ends up being two first line wingers and Kunas and and Garen, which you know, were five points out of the playoffs basically, and you know, and we had gone to the finals year before. That was tough, and but with the Billy thing, that was, you know, that all the trades I've ever made in 13 years at GM. It's the only trade I've ever made. Was, I mean, that all of my staff got no, he's done, he, he can't play, and. That was the only time I ever did a deal. Just I, I don't care. I'm doing it. Wow. And um, and that was that was a true story. And and Billy, like he he was checked out with the Islanders. It was a tough situation for yeah. him. And he was 38 years old. Yeah. And it was really hard to believe that the He's impact. captain of the team. He, he was. They kept it, on it, scratching him because they oh. thought they were trying to. Well, they, it was a true story. There was another deal, right? To no, he had like he had a, the, a, the true story. And, and you know, Gar Snow was was upfront about it. And mm-hmm. you know, he was they sat Billy out because they had a deal with another team. Actually, maybe with Philly and the Rangers mm-hmm. both, but the Philly could not clear cap space. And every day of just, you know, I think more time, more time. And then all of a sudden Gar's like, I'm running out of time here. And so, you know, I kept in touch. He called back and said, well, what's the, what do you want to do? So it ended up being a fifth round pick. And if we went around, it became a third, which obviously we did. And, 
but Billy, you know, um, he just wanted to play and it just needed a, a change. And I, it was a, a big chance, but I, I mean, if I would be lying big time, if I ever said the impact he would have on our room, our group, and, you know, even playing against Washington a couple weeks before national TV, I was like, I didn't like the way we were playing. I didn't like mm -hmm. the, the way I'd set that team up the following year. And it was, to me, it was needed to be a harder team and adding, you know, well, Gontra came back. He'd missed six months. Gontra came back, which was huge from shoulder surgery, but adding two guys like Garen and Kunitz, you talk about the grit factor yeah. and the swag. And it was a different mm -hmm. team that went into Washington, you know, the next time. And we won in a shootout, something like that. And, they just set the tone of, you know, the seven game series yeah. uh, to winning game seven in Washington. And, you know, that was a legendary series for the league with Sid and o Ovi. And, you know, even with Hal Gill and Rob Scuderi, they, it was so funny. I said this to Hal, uh, maybe Rob Scuderi or something uh, a few years ago, they were, they were the pair that was against Ovechkin's line and how they shut them down. I think Ovechkin had 13 points in the series. <laughs> like yeah. we shut him down pretty good, but you know, obviously Mark was incredible. Mark Andre Fleury and, but you know, we don't, without those guys and, um, you know, we don't, maybe don't even make the playoffs. So, yeah. um, but it was, you know, it was, it was a great thing for the Penguins and it was awesome. So, see, so game seven, that puck skirts out to the left faceoff circle. Nicholas Lidstrom is skating into it. There's still about five seconds left. What are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking, uh, they, Rafalski might have scored on the, he stopped the first one from the point. Like, yeah. We actually didn't lose the faceoff. Stahl tied the guy up, Zetterberg. And it was actually the winger that kicked it back to Verfalski. He, he took a shot and went through traffic, and Mark saved that. Then it comes out, obviously, the Lidstrom. And I don't even, I'm, not, I'm not even sure I thought anything. It just happened that quickly. Yeah. All I know is one thing. There were 16 seconds left in the game. The faceoff was outside our zone, in the neutral zone. 16 seconds left. Next thing you know, between the last 16 seconds of the game, they probably had three quality scoring yeah. chances. That's, oh, Jesus. I, I, that, that I have no idea yeah. if, like, if they had scored there. Yeah. Well, who knows? I mean, you go to overtime. I mean, I don't ever – we lost the year before in six games to them, and they were so good, though, and it was really, I mean, amazing. And Because we lost the first two games in 9 too, against them, and, yeah. but we came back and won the two there. And came, But we were early. It was a heck of a team that Detroit had, and it's, it's quite the accomplishment to, to play yeah. them back-to-back -back and the, to win. And um, actually with Marion on the team, because remember Marion only played one year with us in Pitt, and – we lost in game six to Detroit, and we offered him uh, five years, $7 million a year. And Marion, I, I respect him so much anyway. He, he called me himself and you know, gave me the reasons why he's not going to resign. Didn't tell me who he was going to sign with. And, okay, like we talked. Well, my head's spinning then, right? Yeah. Um, talk about the next day when I, he signs with Detroit. My head's on a one-year deal. Yeah. My head's been even more. The Wild, like, offered him, like, eight. Oh, my God. And so, you know, and – and to, to play against them the next year and um, and to, to beat them and, and and actually it was I think it was it was I think it was uh, Chris Letang and and Mark Eaton actually were the pair that played against mm -hmm. uh, that lineup and and not only Marion and me had a point in the final and I remember he had sent me an email we had had email exchange uh, maybe a week or two after that and he was so he's such a wonderful person and anyway and he goes you know I'm Owen too <laughs> and I swear to God honestly Mike I saw him in Chicago a few years later he's playing with the Hawks. I ran into him at a, at a like maybe the day before a game at, at the shopping mall where the team was staying, <laughs> and he had family in town. So I ran into him, and we're we're catching up. And um, he did say to me, 
by the way, Ray. Um, I'm now three and two because he won three <laughs> cups in Chicago. And it could happen to a better guy. Yeah, and yeah. I was really proud and happy. But, yeah. you know, that was, uh, that yeah, was, that it was definitely tough. his cups yeah. run. Yes, yes, for oh, yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. yes. No, but he, he made up for it. He made, no, he, he did a oh, yeah, good for yeah. him. He picked the right team with Chicago. Yeah. But um, not only anything, I'm not sure without how great they were yeah. with that, those teams. I think it's hard to, I don't know if they're going to win like with that, without him. And I mean, what a, yeah. what a Hall of Fame player, Hall of Fame yeah. person. So, it's really nice. We'll get to the wild in a couple sure. of minutes, but I did want to ask you. So, like 06, also you take over the Penguins, and uh, I, I heard that you had like literally no staff working in the office. That so you were working typewriters. That it was just like <laughs> it was bare bones, right? Yeah, and well, that's you know well, that was you know it, it's such a credit Craig Patrick like, but that was the old Mellon Arena. Uh-huh. Um, I no, love no, the no, no Wi-Fi. Yeah, uh, no Wi-Fi, um, which was great. And then um, <laughs> no, and it was it was, but that was really uh, you know, and that's you know Craig's legendary career. You know, it's you know it's I I was fortunate to be a GM, GM in two spots, Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and, and New Jersey. But you know, it's kind of hard. Um, my the predecessors are Hall of Famers, Craig Patrick and, <laughs> and Lou. Okay, um, but that was uh, but it was really. I was real fortunate. Ken Sawyer, one of the best people I've met in the game, and he was the uh, president of the Penguins, and, mm-hmm. and Ted Black, who basically hired me. And um, and anyway, I was a lot of it was you know my years in Nashville, you know, working with David in terms of how about a staff, and um, and I, I was fortunate to be able to hire Chuck, um, you know, that that summer and um, the next year. Well, I was funny, like you're right about the uh, <clears throat> there was nothing. And um, in terms of the bare bones was fine because you could, from hiring out from, you know, I, you money on the ice, but we like, yeah, you can give people opportunities. And I like that. And I, I knew one thing, um, you know, I was assistant here for 13 years um, until you earn that seat, as everybody says, like I'll never forget our first game of the season was against Philadelphia at home. And I was driving to the rink and my head was spinning and I'm like, oh my God. Um, and that the song comes on from the frag cable car yeah, yeah. in over my head and over my head. I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, this is me. I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea. And sure enough, we won that night for nothing and had 105 points and make the playoffs. And, but you don't know. And, um, but then, you know, the following year, um, Chuck, Chuck Fletcher was, as you start to round out your staff and, um, Chuck said this to be in the last year, probably he goes maybe last summer, July 13th, 2007, black Friday. Remember that? I'm like, what? That's the day we hired Jason Botterill and Tom Fitzgerald. I'm like, and it was on a Friday. And Chuck goes, not nah, making that part up. But, <laughs> but those were, you know, being able to build a staff like that and, and build from trainers. And it was really a, a great thing and yeah. that we were able to do and uh, from scratch. And, you know, we got lucky on some people and took chances on others and sometimes fly by the seat of your pants. But, yeah. you know, it's, you know, it's, um, you know, having the, uh, it was really good. Like the, uh, even that first year, like we didn't have much money. So I just trying to, it was Gino's first year and, um, and getting to know Sid, spending time with him. I mean, you know, eight years to be the manager with Sid and yeah. the first, he came back from the world championships. And first time I met him, we had lunch for four hours <clears throat> and, you know, I gave him, you know, cause he had been there a year, which I think was really fortunate for both him and me. Um, Gino walked in and he was on the team in 06, 705 points, but Sid, you know, the way things, you know, he, he from Ramuski to Hockey Canada, they would do things better than we were doing in Pittsburgh, probably, right? But I remember, you know, spending four hours with him, and I gave him, uh, I gave him a, some questions, and I, you know, really think about get back to me. It's three things we do well as an organization, three things we can improve upon. I could see right away his eyes lit up. He goes, really? Um, 
can I get, can I get, I'm oh, get back to me. I want you to think about it. Sure enough, he, it was really interesting. I, I, I always did that a lot with staff or sometimes players. Like you go to, you find out a lot about, it's not about our power plays. It's not about my, nothing. It's about maybe it's how we travel or maybe our charitable stuff or our wives room, which is another thing. The wives room. Oh my God. I was like, spent more time on that one in Pittsburgh with the guys. Um, but those little things are really interesting. And, um, but that was, you know, the, the opportunity to try to build something yeah. and, and, um, you know, with, you know, with, uh, you know, Mario and, you know, Ron Burkle, but, you know, Ken Sawyer and, and Mario yeah. was, you know, he was always like that in terms of, uh, I, I still remember when I called him and, and gave him a heads up, I go, listen, we might be like Hal Gill. We, and he goes, Hal Gill. And of course he played against Hal Gill. And I'll never, Mario, Mario goes, is that the big slow guy? I'm like, yeah, that's him. <laughs> but thank God he didn't say, what are you giving up for him? <laughs> you know, right? Um, but anyway, it was so amazing like that. And even... What, what you got to say there is, uh, we're giving up a second and fourth, but Chuck did that deal. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah, Craig, so. well, God, yeah. Well, Craig said, well, Edmonton wanted him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, you know, it was... It was uh, quite... Didn't your first training camp, didn't, um, like, John LeClaire almost kill, like... Oh, no, Malcolm? that was... Uh, yeah, and John, yeah, with John LeClaire, and, you know, obviously a, a great player yeah. in, in, in his day, and... But he was a little bit older then, and, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I had a, a really good meeting. And in the summer, when I got the job with John, he actually flew to Pittsburgh, and, we, and he really wanted to get moved because you know, the, you know, he was older. He wanted a chance to win, and right. um, but you know, let's go through camp, and and there was Gino's first training camp, and we're up, uh, we're playing the Flyers up in Moncton, I think it was, and there was a two on one, and um, Gino had the puck, and he the sauce it over to, to John, and John bobbled it, and. He crashed into the boards, and Gino came around the net and jumped, tried to jump over, and, got, and then landed on his shoulder. Uh, they said dislocated shoulder. I'm like, dislocated shoulder? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> it, but fortunately, only missed four games to start yeah. the season. And yeah, but that was. I'm like, this is not a good start. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it was really, it's really interesting because you know, Gino to get over. Remember, JP Barry, they had to sneak out and leave his team. And you know, my first month, first maybe a few weeks in the job, I get a call from Bill Daly. Uh, yeah, I mean, get a call from Bill. They're like, okay, um, you know, um, uh, what, what? <laughs> I'm getting sued by who? <laughs> by the Russians. The Russians are suing me? <laughs> well, don't worry, Ray. They're suing the league and commissioner and myself and Ken and you and Mary. I'm like, I don't care about them. Like, I don't know if I signed my contract here. Um, I remember calling Ken. I'm in a panic. I'm getting sued by the Russians? Who's, he goes, ah, don't worry about a kid, you know, we got your contract, we got it covered. I'm sure I spent a lot of time on that, like the league and all that stuff. And, but it, obviously Gina was worth it, but I'm thinking I'm getting sued. <laughs> and by, I mean, the whole time we bought a house and, and, you know, our kids were, yeah, my two boys were probably, you know, six and eight or something like that. And we'd never even bought curtains. You know how much curtains cost? <laughs> well, we never bought them because, we were supposed to maybe move. Like, uh, uh, how much on curtains? I didn't know how much curtain my wife says. There's no way of buying <laughs> curtains. So sure enough, in March or April that first year, they announced that we're staying in the new building potentially. But um, those were quite uh, fun years, though. It's all part of, yeah. you know, you see it now with, you know, with the Penguins and the brand. It's really great mm -hmm. to see. And um, But we weren't even, we weren't selling out or anything. Like, it was yeah. crazy. Last question on the Penguins. Yep. Uh, West Point, I remember yeah. you guys went to uh, uh, – a while, and there were stories out of there of you like watching Sydney like like roll jeeps and rappel cliffs. Is your <laughs> superstar player? Didn't you almost lose a PR guy too? <laughs> yeah, that's all true. Uh, yeah, so West Point was I, I took the Penguins to the West Point my first year. Um, after we kind of we got down to twenty three, four, whatever it was, uh, before the first game, and 
Um, at West Point, was spe- it's always a special place, obviously, for the meaning and, and the sacrifice. And, um, but, the, you know, the Riley family from Jack Riley, the legendary head coach and the 68th coach the, of the gold medal U.S. team. And, um, you know I've, I know, I've known the family a long time. And actually, Rob Riley, his son, is our, my assistant coach at St. Lawrence. And what an incredible um, opportunity. And so that is exactly what happened. Um, yeah, uh, Keith Wainer was our PR guy. And this is all getting done at night. We have no idea. Megan Michael Terrian. And it was amazing. We're in the woods. And, and there's all these groups. It's like uh, the team building stuff. And But they are like there's these flash bulbs going off. You're in the middle of the woods. And they're, they're turning over Jeeps. And they're Sid. Like, like, there's, I'm like, I looked at Michael Terrian. I'm like, I'm going to get fired before I, I even play one game. It, it, like, do we have to keep doing this? Like, um, our PR guy, he like pulled a hamstring or something like that. But he was they were like, he was like a mile up in the woods somewhere, and they just left them. Because our uh, JB, you know, JB Spizo, JB's like, no, oh, JB Spizo, he's to JB, work for a while too. This, of course, yeah. so JB, I knew JB way before that. So yeah. I'm like, JB, well, we can't leave. And he goes, and he goes, ah, he's got to. We got other things we got to do. I'm like, what the heck? I go, what the heck happened? To no man left behind. Uh, I guess that wasn't a thing, I guess. so. Not for PR but, guys. I, honestly, guy, it was so funny, Mike. You know, when I was uh, – I haven't – since we traded for Mark, Andre Fleury, I didn't see him last year. Like, I was sure we yeah. did the deal, but then, you know, I was only back really for game five. And so, you know, first week at camp was first time we connected. And this, we talked about this. And he was ta- – Mark's laughing. He goes, <laughs> he goes, I thought we were all dead. And I'll, uh, and he said, you know, talked about Keith Wainer. He goes, remember Keith? Remember he left him on? I'm like, oh, my God. And <laughs> honestly, God, it was – it had to be like five hours. And it was like 10 o'clock at night. It was cold. It was like late September, early October. And we were staying at the Holiday Inn and all these – right? And we had got – we had beer and all this pizza for these guys when they got back. And they were – they came back. You know, Yo is – like Yo is part of that. They came back. They come to, through the, the lobby – and they look like death. Uh-huh. And we're like, guys, there's like, everybody is like, no, nah. some guys grab some water, something like that. Now we're good. We're going to bed. We're supposed to practice the next day in front of the cadets. And our players were so sore, they couldn't even play. They couldn't practice. So they just signed autographs or something like that. But I'll never forget it. Sid comes in. And he was like the last one coming in. So I go, hey, you got a second? He goes, yeah, what's up? And he, he was covered with mud. And um, I'm like, are you all right? How's it? Yeah. I'm, yeah, I was tired, but it was good i go what about next year i go i, I there's orlando I, there's a you know the uh, teams that have gone to orlando they have a great setup there too that's a possibility said so like compared to maybe this what do you think we got to come back here I'm wow like, wow and i remember saying like before i remember talking like you know it's hard work you yeah. know you want to get out of last place it's hard yeah. work and yeah. this is what it was and it was an amazing experience and yeah. i think we might have done that three times with the penguins mm-hmm. and it was really something like we were getting it like our third time might have been yeah. 2013. I can't remember, but we're getting the tour, you know, because we had new guys, all the players and staff. And next thing you know, um, you know, that was third time for Sid and Gino. Uh-huh. And that they, they, it's really, a, I know it was really special for them, and but it was so funny. We're like, oh, hold up, hold up, what? Sid and Gino, they took off and they'll be right back, right back. They saw like the, um, the West Point, like the gift store, whatever. They, came running back out they bought two army hats and they put on their army baseball hats like they had so much respect and it was really quite special it always did i did it once with the devils um and you know anybody that hadn't had the opportunity but you know to to be around the cadets and and what they go through and um 
you know, we have lunch with them and they, they feed 4,000 cadets in like 15 minutes. We're yeah. still sitting there trying to figure out where our utensils are and they're already gone to Mandarin class. And <laughs> I mean, there's no clapping for credit there. Um, let me ask you, by the way, I've heard the story about you almost, uh, that you saving, uh, Mike Yo's life in LA once. <laughs> I have heard that story. Um, Victor, uh, one devil's thing, and then we're going to turn our attention to the wild. Uh, Victor wanted me, he tweeted me, he goes, please, uh, you know, thank Ray Sher for all the great work he did as mm-hmm. devil's GM. He started the rebuild with quality young players mm-hmm. and stockpile picks and prospects. Um, uh, you know, do you want to get back into a GM chair? Mm. I don't, I mean, you never say never, I guess. I mean, mm-hmm. I thought. You know, I, I, I really enjoy what I'm doing uh, with the Wild, and um, you never say never. But, you know, I, I love seeing the, the opportunities that I was afforded back, you know, whether it was Pittsburgh or whatever, uh, younger people, different mm-hmm. people. I'm hoping one day it's going to be a, a female GM or, um, you know, I couldn't be more happy for San Jose and Mike Greer. And, yeah. uh, one of the best people. I, you know, I, I hired Mike and, and assistant coach in New Jersey and so proud of them and, and for them to take that opportunity with, with Mike. And I think he'll do a great job. Those are the, you know, maybe if it doesn't come around again, I'm really, I love the, uh, the best part about being in the game is the people like, mm-hmm. uh, to me. And um, I really like it at where I'm now with um, so many of these younger people. I, I love uh, people that help me. I love helping people if I can and learning for them. And I always like working with people that are different than me, um, you know, whether, and that was, you know, even when I hired Tom Fitzgerald way back when, when he played a thousand games or Billy Garrett, I didn't play in the NHL or mm-hmm. you know, hire Kate Madigan. She's got different thoughts than I do, or um, Amy Kimball, whoever it is, or that's the thing. And, you know, it's, um, I'm happy to be back, you know, helping in some capacity and, um, and passing things on if I can. And but at the same time learning and, um, you know, if that, if an opportunity comes around again, awesome. Think about that, but that's not really up to me certainly. And if it doesn't, mm-hmm. um, I've really enjoyed that uh, that possibility because mm-hmm. I never I say this to people all the time that you know I was you know six years a uh, player agent, uh, thirteen years assistant GM. I never worked a day in my life as an assistant GM to be a GM. Never did. I never never. I just I was so passionate to be involved, and my greatest fear was ever letting down my GM, and um, and that was it. And the op- I didn't know if the opportunity would ever come around. Or it did. I never had an interview in my life um, after thirteen years. So I had I had two interviews. And then I get two job offers to be GM. And I was, after 13 years as assistant GM, and, you know, the respect I have for David Poyle and what I learned from him. And he'd always say to me and Paul Fenton, like, if you guys ever get an you know, opportunity to be a GM, you're going to know what it's like to have to trade somebody and turn their life around and, you know, or, or fire somebody or make that final decision. And, you know, then you'll find out. Okay. So I remember... In uh, 2006, I had two job offers to be a GM, and I had like I'm like, what the heck? And so I was trying to get a hold of my wife. I couldn't get a hold of her. She was getting the kids or something like that. So I stopped at a Starbucks in Nashville. So I called David, and I finally got a hold of him. I'm like, David, it's Ray. He was like, hey, Ray, what's going on? I go, oh, by the way, Pittsburgh called back and they offered me the job. And you know, here's here's the deal, whatever. And you know the other team's deal and. He goes, wow, you're good. Wow, that's amazing. Congratulations. You're going to be a GM. That's awesome. What are you going to do? I'm like, what? I go, that's why I'm calling you. Like, I always look to David to make the decision. Right, right. right. Dave, like, what do you think? What do you think? What, what should I do? He goes, Ray, um, huh. two good opportunities. He goes, uh, I'll never forget it. He goes, uh, we worked together for eight years. I'm like, yeah. Remember, I always say to you, you know, if you're ever a GM, you're going to have to make that final decision. Yeah? Well, you're going to be a GM. It's your decision. Let me know what you do. And he hung up the phone. 
I'll never yeah, click. I'm like, there wow. goes my lifeline. But it yeah. was the greatest lesson to me. Like, oh, yeah. I really like, oh my God, he was, this is how it is. Chair. And that was the first decision I had to make is, is okay, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was funny because um, that, that morning when I got the, my boys, they, they, I'll never forget this, the kids either, they, they got on their school bus, they know something's happening, where, where are we going to go? What, you know, I don't know, if, when you get home from school, maybe. So the funny, the best thing is so cute. They were, you know, six and eight years old, something like that. They get off the school bus at three o'clock and they come running up and it's a nice day in, in Nashville. It's uh, May and they got their lunch boxes. They come running up and we're sitting on the front porch and like, what happened? Where are we going? What happened? And you know how they found out we went to Pittsburgh. I said, uh, hold on. So I played him a voice message. Ray, hi, uh, this is Marilyn Mew. Just want to welcome you to the Penguins. We're looking forward to meeting you and uh, tomorrow and meeting your family and, uh, and the kids are. Wow. Mary Lemieux, like, yeah, really, that's how they found out. So, I mean, that's those awesome. are some of the special things, like, yeah. you can remember, and, you know, yeah. it's not all and fun. Here we games. are 16 years yeah, no later, kidding, and right? they're yeah, both exactly. scouts in the exactly. NHL. Exactly. Crazy. How's that? No kidding. Yeah. All right. Um, what, um, trying to think, like, what would you say, like, uh, I mean, I, I always just find it fascinating on the small hockey world. You know, mm-hmm. you trade for Bill Guerin in 2009. He's got mm-hmm. no year, no idea that years later. Yeah. He's going to be GM in the Minnesota Wild, and the mm-hmm. guy that not only traded for him but also told him his career was over yeah. is going to be the guy that is he's right. going to lean on a, yeah. a lot mm-hmm. for a lot of his info mm-hmm. as senior yeah. advisor. Um, so one, I mean, I, I just find that fascinating. Mm-hmm. You guys both could not have yeah. known that back in two thousand nine. No. But two, um, how did this all come about, and what would you say is your biggest role? I know that's like a gazillion questions um, in one, but like, like, how often do you guys talk? All that stuff. Not we don't talk that much. I mean, more text than I, but you know they'll. I'm abreast what's going on with the team. Like I live in Boston, but you know, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm in with Minnesota maybe a week, ten days a month, or um, on the road, or um, this year I really want to get to Iowa more out of Iowa, and you know, I really enjoy uh, with the young players and, and certainly with the, the coaching staff there, led by Tim Army. They're I think they're fantastic, and um, but with Billy, it's like the sounding board, I guess, or what we do in this situation, that situation, and um, I mean. You know, this summer, I think it's around the trade deadline or uh, free agency, I mean. And he said, you know, it's in Minnesota and, you know, the critical dates, all that stuff. And then so I remember Billy goes, I need to talk to you. So I go, why? So we're chatting. I goes, listen, I just talked to the this GM and here's what I, here's what I said. What do you think? Huh? I'm like, whoa, oh, OK. Um, and what do I think? Well, you know, Billy. I was watching Seinfeld the other night. What? I was watching Seinfeld the other night. And George Cassandra said, you know, it's not a lie if you believe it yourself. So you know what? There you go. Um, but I love the fact that, you know, Billy and I worked together when I hired him in, in Pitt and player development for maybe a couple of years. And so he kind of knew how I was doing things. And he has his own way, which is fantastic because everybody else, every GM has their own way of doing things or setting up. And But, you know, the, the flow of information is important. And you know, I, I love the fact, you know, dealing like, even with Dean Evison from Winnipeg, like my dad was. And but I just think, you know, with Billy is, you know, they, you know, he has a real capable front office and, and staff. And but just, you know, in terms of the everyday thing, but from the outside looking in, here's my experience. What what about this or what about that? Or Billy say, Ray, like, I don't want to do that. Why not? Okay, great. Okay, perfect. That's the direction you want. That makes sense. And whatever it is, if I don't, even if I didn't agree with it, well, uh, no different than Billy. I'm a team player. As soon as the decision made, I'm behind 100. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and 
you know, the more people you have weigh in and things like that, the better. And, um, you know, I think, um, what was it, your reaction when he was like, you know, I think I'm going to buy a Parisian suitor. I, that was, I, I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. Wow. No. Yeah. Cause I, I came in after that was, that was, Oh, right, right. That was right, at, the yeah, same, right yeah. at the same time. I, I, that was, you know, I, I was in Nashville when we drafted Ryan in 03 and spent, you know, he spent one, you know, Ryan spent one year at University of Wisconsin, then he turned pro and during the, you know, the lost season, 04, 05, he played at Milwaukee and, um, that was a pretty good team. We had like yeah. Shea Weber, our defense, Kevin Klein, uh, yeah. Ryan. But Ryan was a kid, right? And but it was one of those things that that was, you know, at being assistant gym, that was one of the better, you know, you, it's about relationships. And mm-hmm. I, I spent a lot of time with Ryan. And I remember like it snowed in Milwaukee one time. We had a coffee at Starbucks, and I go, "Hey Ryan, like I gotta, I gotta drive back to Chicago. I'm flying back to Nashville." Okay, so I get in my you know car out, outside the Starbucks, or whatever, and I'm trying to get the snow off the windshield and, you know, seeing what time it is to get down to Chicago. And all of a sudden, there's Ryan. One more thing. What? So Ryan gets, okay, what? But those were the good relationships and things like that. But, um, but with, you know, I'm, it's really good, like, working with Billy and, and, you know, with Mike Madonna more involved with hockey ops. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, it's Richard Parks, one of our pro scouts. Richard played for me in Pittsburgh. And it's a really good staff. And, but again, like it being how I did things or our staff did things, just trying to incorporate it. But Billy, this is his thing, and but he's he's incredible to deal. He's got very good instincts and people instincts, and um, as you know, not afraid to make the hard decisions. And yeah. you know, one of the harder ones was you know with Miko Cuevo. and um, you know one of one of the enjoyable things for me is getting to know Miko last year, and a very good friend of his uh, is Yarmo Kekalainen, and Yarmo and I go way back to 1987. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that has been very good, but you know, when Billy had to tell him, you know, it was over here, it, that is hit by how he felt when I had to tell Billy and Billy, you know, his second year, he played two years in Pittsburgh, his second and last year in the league, he scored at 40, he scored 20 goals for us. Yeah. It wasn't like he was. 40, but I had to make that decision. And that was the, honestly the hardest call I've ever had to make. And mm-hmm. I respected Billy and so much, but obviously went in a cup with him and, and, you know, went to Philly on a tryout and that didn't work out, but he was, he was ready to, at, at that point. And, you know, he took the year off and which I told him, like guys I've seen, like take the a step back and family time, which, you know, Kara and the kids, um, mm-hmm. it was a fantastic, and then got a call to blue about a year later and they were living on Long Island and they wanted to go back to Pittsburgh. Oh, really? I'm like, do you want to name a real estate person? I don't know what the heck you calling me for, Billy. <laughs> uh, any opportunities, whatever. So I, it was really, he'd only been in Pittsburgh two years, but they, they absolutely loved it. And um, you know, either if there wasn't, they, they wanted to move back anyway. And certainly, you know, going to Mario and Ron Burkle, you know, maybe player development, whatever to get. And they were all for it. And they were fortunate because I really, you know, with Tom Fitzgerald there, you know, it's one of the, the things like even with Cody McLeod now or, um, you know, with Ryan Clough in, in New Jersey, even though they played, they no one hires anybody at IBM or Pitney Bowes or there's a training program. Yeah. And the funny, the, the people find it hard to believe that when you hire former NHL players, even the Hall of Famers, they go to a they go to a go scout a pro game. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest challenge that they all face, they have no idea how to get in the building. Yeah. They don't like because they always on the bus, right? They, yeah, where, yeah. Do I, where do I go? What do I do? Yeah, that's where they start. And you yeah. just and it's it's really great though. 
you know, we did the same thing with mm-hmm. Mark Eaton. We brought him back in the job shadow and all that stuff. And you do it's and it, I think it was really beneficial yeah. for Billy to to see that what it's like and it that's is, a way to give yeah. back. And it was it's nice. funny to get in the building, the stress that caused it. Even for me, it's yeah. like I, I texted the Chicago staff today. I'm like, how the hell do I get in the Milwaukee building? This oh, time? that's right. Like, like I've never that's, been there. And, yeah. you know, I'm always the guy, the veteran sports star has to sh- help the young sports yeah. stars how to get in the yeah, building. The new, really, yeah, the yeah. new, new Billy's come around like, yeah. uh, well, it's funny. Wait till you get to the mall yeah. center or something. By the way, like I still remember when Ryan Cloden waved his no move to go to the wild and they trade for Pominville. Oh, was that so, right? Yeah, that's how why they got Pominville. And it turned really? out to me Pominville was that was a much better trade by Chuck really? Fletcher getting Pominville. Wow. Yeah, that's something. Yeah, I got a uh, uh, a couple tweets here for mm-hmm. you. Mike Rupp wants to know uh, why didn't you give me a three year deal as a pending unrestricted free agent? He knows. <laughs> <laughs> no. Rupper, he's I'd love to. Yeah, that was honestly Rupper was it's so good to see him doing so well for himself now, and it was a really good signing for us. Two, two, he two was years. barely here, and I like became yeah, like right. so tight with him. That really, yeah, uh, yeah. boy, it's uh, it was really great. To, I see him, you know, more and more now. But um, even uh, I think it was Patty Ellis's uh, in Jersey, his Jersey retirement. Mike mm, Rumpley yeah. came back and spent time with him at the ceremony yeah. afterward. A really good guy. Why didn't yeah. he? Eliash, yeah. by the way, was my favorite, favorite, favorite devil. Really, I know, love, like what, as I, a young sports boy, writer, I, I used to love watching yeah, him play. He, he only my first year. He only played sixteen games mm-hmm. for being that. And then is, he had to return. Yeah, but on he could have, you know, going in there following Lou Lamarello was uh, he could have made it really difficult on me and John how he wanted. I have so much respect for Patty and yeah, we, oh boy, he he, yeah. he was so great with us and willing to and now I got him involved in stuff and look at his he, career he, numbers by the way against the Florida like, Panthers. He was <sighs> a Florida Panther killer. Him he, and Brodor used to just munch really. For a uh, he was what a great player, great person, and a uh, uh, really. Awesome to work with, yeah. But Mike Rupp, that's a good. Um, tell him Alan Walsh only asked for two years. Al <laughs> <laughs> Alan's one of my favorite agents, anyway. So people too. So, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I actually, you know what? I was saying this to who was I? I can't remember. I was talking about this the other day. We played the Winter Classic. We're you know against Washington in the rain and all that stuff. That's where Sid actually got hurt. Mm-hmm. But I, I was saying to someone just last week, I and, and Mike Rupp, you know, fought John Erskine. I'm like. Why might I fight an outdoor game? And why not? I'm like, oh my God. But yeah, Rupper, what a, he had a heck of a career. And, um, you know, and when you say to players sometime, you're, you're even as you retire or whatever, the, your best days are going to be ahead of you. Yeah. You say that, but you're really hopeful. Yeah. But that, that's really the case with Mike. Yeah. And after, yeah, he had a very good career. And um, he found his role and, and good for him and a nice man. Three more quickies for you. Sure. Uh, what do you think of the Wilds prospect pool from Wild Boys? Um, I think Judd Brackett and, um, and his staff have done an amazing job, I, I think. And, you know, prospects are prospects, but, you know, they all develop at certain things. And, and certainly, you know, when these things come out, you know, like your prospect pool is ranked whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it, okay, it makes you feel good. especially. Well, you know, it makes you feel better than if it ranks 30th or something like that. But, <laughs> yeah, but it's, you know, but it has to be kind of go out. But I think, you know, even um, – with Billy has protected the picks and got some extras and having the two first round picks, even though it was difficult to trade. It was a trade, obviously, um, Fiala, but and certainly getting, you know, two years in a row, as you mentioned, and being able to get Wallstead. And, but I think Judd and his staff have done a very good job. And, um, you know, everybody's, you know, is, every, even like, as, you know, and, and when we walked into Pittsburgh and, and, you know, in three years, see you win a cup. And maybe that's just me and Chuck. I mean, growing up mm-hmm. around the game, like, we couldn't, everybody's got something to do with it. And it, it was Craig Patrick and Greg Malone and who was a chief scout that, you know, they drafted, the, you know, signed Sergey Gonchar, uh, drafted Fleury and Scuderi and Latang and Tyler Kennedy. And, you know, we built around that, but at the same time, you know, whoever was here before and 
the scouting and, you know, some good players that mm-hmm. have been here. And, um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you cover the team a long time and they've had good teams here. And it's almost like uh, the old the Calgary Flames back in the day or the Winnipeg Jets that are really good. But there's a team called Edmonton. It was hard to get through. In this yeah. case, it was a team called Chicago all the time. And mm-hmm. but that's the timing of it, and that's a challenge, and it's not easy. Yeah, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, two more for you, Dylan Laux. Uh, tw- he's a really, really sharp uh, young college kid that writes for Gopher Hole mm-hmm. and wants to work in in pro sports. Mm-hmm. I know he's been in touch with a lot of the Wild uh, front office. Mm-hmm. He wants to. Know, what would be your best advice for a youngster who aspires to be in hockey management someday? Um, and what is something that would set them apart from others? Um, uh, I, I would say like, um, if, uh, what's, what's his name? Dylan. I Dylan. If, if Dylan was, um, if Dylan was sitting across from me, I mean, if I was going to interview Dylan, if I was a GM, the way I, I, I kind of end up going, everybody, I, I, I want to be a GM one day. Mm-hmm. I don't care. <laughs> you know, uh, by the time you get to be a GM, if you're that lucky, I'm going to be fired seven times and out of the game, whatever. But mm-hmm. my thing, like you have, you have to have the, you have the passion for it, persistence, which, and you have to be lucky, but at the same time, anytime you have an opportunity to talk to anybody in hockey or might have an interview to me, I, you have four minutes. Yeah. How can you help me? Mm-hmm. It's not about you. I, at least I, near the, you know, end of my you know, five years for me, cause I guess I was fortunate people, a lot of people I hired had, got on to move up or yeah. which was awesome but so my point was just like, looking at yeah, your gm tree though. yeah right so it, but it, it's trainers and scouts and whatever which is really i don't know i mean it's it, it really good but that's the thing for me is a look at it how can that's what how can i help you mm-hmm. where do you want to be in five years um wherever if i have the opportunity to work in this organization um if i'm fortunate i everybody finds their level right whether so wherever you think I belong, but all in, to me, I just want to, how can I help? And that's, that's my main goal and your passion to be in. And, and the thing is, it's especially with more and more younger people coming in and, you know, ambition is a wonderful thing, but ambition, it, it can be a dangerous thing as well. And yeah. anybody, you know, and, you know, since Twitter and all that stuff, it's the greatest, could be the greatest form of the, as a resume, as, as yeah. you know, right? But at the same time, keep in mind that it doesn't have to be about, hockey it could be any industry you're, you you want to work uh, you want to be a team player and it's not about you it's not individual and um you know do more than you're asked and um again like it, i've hired people that have been in pr and into hockey because you know i would use pr kids or g- women to do stuff you know to keep and just grow them and they, all of a sudden they're in hockey and and hockey ops and you're going to find it to get the opportunities of one thing but Keep in mind, it's a, it's a team sport, a team game, and the best part of being in the game is being part of a team. Yeah. And you can ask, like, 80% of the agents. Maybe not Ben, because he made a lot of money. I don't know. But <laughs> in terms of it's, it's more the – but being part of a team and yeah. the team size is important. So I think with anything, yeah. it's, you know, being passionate about it, but also knowing that how can I help. And, yeah. well, I really don't want to be in that one. Just – the other thing is just get in. Yeah. Just get in. doesn't matter. If you want to be in hockey ups for the role here, get in. Yeah. And if and you, you. if you, you know, if you want to make a lot of money, don't get into sports mm-hmm. entry level. I mean, it's you, but you have to, that's why you have to be passionate about it. You have to be a team player 
and um, and do more than you're asking. Yeah. Um, but it's an. That's it's, what I, I I tell students all the time, even that you know meet with me that want to be a sports writer. It's it's a matter of you know once you get your foot in the door, then it's on you yeah. and volunteer to do everything. I don't care if it's a cross country meet or Absolutely. a uh, you know like. You, you nobody just wakes up one day and manages the Pittsburgh Penguins. Nobody wakes up one day and covers the Minnesota mm-hmm. Wild. Very few. You have to grind. You have to well, work your way up. Well, absolutely. Even when I got out of St. Lawrence, or when I, you know, when I my, when I was in training camp with LA, and when you know, at the end when I got cut, you know, I had opportunities like more. I, I was interested in Wall Street as well, and that's where a lot of my buddies were. You know what? But I don't know. I was passionate about hockey. I would have loved to get a scouting job with the team then, mm-hmm. at like twenty five years, whatever years old or so. But it wasn't a okay. Well. I did this agent thing, but I always like wanted to have the opportunity yeah. maybe to be in scouting or man, I don't know. And again, like, I never worked to be a GM and, but being part involved like that. And again, just get in. And, you know, it's, it's funny in Chicago, with the rookie thing, a really incredible story with, um, uh, you know, first scout for San Jose, um, former uh, executive vice president, president of the LA Dodgers, Ned Coletti for 13 mm-hmm. years, whatever. Yeah, Ned he, and you talk about uh, Ned's like uh, incredible. He pro- but his first love was he's from Chicago. First mm-hmm. love was really hockey. Uh, he, he covered the flyers back in like 80, 81, 82 yep. as a sports writer. Well, he created and cultivated relationships like Bobby Clark and Paul Herman and these guys. And well, Doug Wilson back in the day. And, and even when he was a GM for the Dodgers, like he went to six world junior championships mm-hmm. that were in the North America, like just as a fan, like that's a passionate guy. And it was so nice to catch up with him and, you know, and he's in hockey. It, I don't know. It's just, um, it's fun. But people that I always said people too, that, Oh, do you want to be in, you know, gym and hockey? Well, how about like maybe on the business side, you know what, if you, <laughs> if you could ever get in that side and become a president or something like that, like you can become a, a president, you can be a president of the York next Rangers, um, yeah. Um, you get into hockey, like yeah. I could be the GM, fortunately, be a GM of the Devils or Penguins, but I get fired. I'm not going to be the, the GM <laughs> of the San Diego Padres, I'll tell you. <laughs> but that's, you know, you have other opportunities yeah, that right. way, you know? Yeah. And I've been really lucky to work with some yeah. good people with those. I remember, yeah, I covered Michael Yormark down in Florida and yeah. he wound up well, they, for they, the they Brooklyn Nets. Like right? I worked with, uh, yeah. he was 13 years, maybe NBA and yeah. you know, eight years of the NHL. And, and yeah. it's, it's Tom Ward, guys like this. It, it's um, yeah. it's uh, really great. And yeah. it's, it's fun. And this has been a long, long podcast, but yeah. I did save this question for last yeah. week because it made me laugh and oh. because I kind of yeah. know what, what you're going to give this person. But uh, this person asked, what's your favorite route? So story, and there is one epic one where you got pretty pissed with me while you're managing the Devils. Uh, yeah, well, that story. This, this I promise will close the podcast. Yeah, yeah, no, it was funny. It was um, 2000. I was I, my first year with the Devils, so it was probably 2000. It's 15, 16. It was probably 2016, and it would, every team gets on national TV one time. When I'm, I came from Pitt. I think you maxed out at 12 or 13. We maxed out every year. So our one TV game. And I think Mike Yo was the coach here, and of course Chuck was the GM. And it was a they they give the Devils the Tuesday national game in Minnesota, and uh, Minnesota just came and they, Minnesota was doing well, and they just come off a, a maybe a successful road trip. I think it was their father's trip. And I'm looking um, this game up. And on, it was a Tuesday, and where you sit in the press box is kind of right below where the opposing uh, boxes for the GMs and stuff. And you know, it's a look at my ball. Yeah, no, well, you, so you know, we we're actually winning the game. And I think it was like two to one. And, and you the, did win the one. You was won it the game two, two one. Two yeah. one. And, and I don't know what period it was, second period, third. And anyway, so also I checked Mike Russo's Twitter. And Mike, and number one, the game was so bad that honestly, I think the NHL, whoever was cover, who covers the NHL then, 
with about eight minutes, like broke off and went to like fishing or something like that. But <laughs> you you wrote, don't I mean you're probably right. You, I, this tweet, there's Mike Russo writes, this could be the worst game I've ever covered in the history of hockey or something like that. I'm like, what the hell? So I'm looking down at you. I'm like, I got pissed. I'm like, I, I think, I, I, hey, Mike, you, I think you turned around. I go, it's not, what the hell? And, and you're like, whatever. Like, basically, the game it stinks, right? I'm, I'm, I'm like, I said to you, I'm like, it's not our job to entertain these fans. Are you kidding me? And no, you, I'm like, that, I wasn't pissed at you. It's probably like, damn. I, but it, uh, the one thing I'll say for myself, I always say, you, you, like, whenever whenever I talk mm-hmm. to young sports stars and I say, like, if you write something, you have to be accountable for mm-hmm. what you write. You mm-hmm. can't cower. You wrote mm-hmm. it. It's mm-hmm. on you. So I doubled down. In the actual article that day in the Star Tribune, my lead was, if the Wild and the Devils play in the Stanley oh. Cup final, this game, will not, they will they not get put on national TV. Well, like, um, it was like, uh, well, it was not a great no game. There was no chance of that happening with the Devils, I guess, for sure. <laughs> and uh, But that is, that is funny. And you're right. Yeah. You're you never know. And one, yeah. and uh, one quick story, since we're talking about Don Waddell earlier, it was, yeah. it was done so great, and, and I've known him a long time. And um, so he, um, when he pro-scouted after Atlanta, 13 years as a GM there, and so when Atlanta moved to Winnipeg, and so I hired Donnie in, uh, for a couple years as pro-scout in, in Pittsburgh. And so the, one of the greatest things about And everybody, by the way, Wild fans remember Don was one of the finalists for this job. Oh, that's right. right. That's absolutely and right. You're right. You got an extension. Yes, that's right. And um, so Donnie, um, so I'm reading the greatest thing would be to jam like one of them would be not having to put in game reports basically in RinkNet, right? <laughs> so the first month or something like that, I called Donnie. He's living in Atlanta, so I call him up. I go, hey, Donnie, hey, what's going on? I go, Donnie, um, I've been reading some of your reports on RinkNet. Pretty good. I'm like, uh, hey, Donnie, <laughs> you can't spell what? <laughs> I go, RinkNet's got spell check, buddy. He goes, well, 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 right. I went to Northern Michigan, where N stands for knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, Donnie, and he's so, he's one of the best ever. And he had a, when I first met him, he had a porta potty business in 1987. No way. He had a porta potty business, I I swear to God. And he was knocking it out. Like, he goes, right. I got like NASCAR stuff and golf tournaments. I'm like, and he gave me his business card. And this is like one of the greatest things about being hockey. You got people like Donnie and stuff, but I'll never forget it. Uh, Don Waddell, you know, president, CEO, whatever the name of his porta potty business, and, the, and the, his motto was outstanding in the field, and outstanding was two words. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is, is the awesome. best. Yeah, well, when you the... see Donnie, you take care of him. I will he's definitely. A good I would send him a text. Oh, you should. Oh, yeah, he's oh, the best. Man. Definitely said hello. Um, I'm putting that. Uh, uh-huh. Make sure that's in the tweet. Porta potty mm-hmm. business. Um, well, this was a lot of fun. Uh, this might be the longest podcast I've yeah. done straight for this one. Yeah. But, uh, but it, it, you know, I've wanted to do this with you for a while, and just you being in town, obviously, for mm-hmm. training camp, it just worked out yeah. perfectly. Uh, obviously, I have a ton of respect for you. Yeah. You know, I do hope that you get back in the GM chair. That'd be good. Uh, hopefully, I'm covering that team one day. So, uh, my new national role, I basically will be. Oh, wow. Um, That's right. Yeah. Good for you. Right well, now, actually, I've, I've told Don Waddell, we don't, right now, we're looking for a Carolina reporter. I'm like, oh. hey, yeah, you might. You might have to see me pop in there every now and then. I'll come in there and do a big Sebastian Ajo feature. I'd love Well, that. you'll have plenty of so, fun down there. They get a team and yeah. they're doing a good job. Yeah. So no, well, my pleasure, Mike. Yeah, this was a ton of fun. And, uh, you know, uh, de- definitely uh, you are one of us, uh, White Bear Lake's own. Mm-hmm. Um, this was this was a blast. So, yeah. Ray, uh, thanks for doing this. And here's a word from one of our sponsors. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. As always, thanks for listening to Straight From The Source. My thanks to Ray Shiro. For joining this week's edition of the podcast, uh, just a fun, fun interview, and hopefully everybody just enjoyed it. Not just Wild fans, but hopefully uh, Pittsburgh Penguins fans, New Jersey Devils fans, and fans throughout the National Hockey League. Uh, lots of podcasts on our platform. Craig Custance and Sean Gentili welcome Keith Kachuk to the Athletic Hockey Show USA podcast on Tuesday. And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I am now the new co-host of the Athletic Hockey Show on Wednesdays with Jesse Granger and Rob Pizzo. Our guest this week is Daniel Nugent Bowman. Who is our beat writer for the Edmonton Oilers? He'll be joining the podcast on Wednesday. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave a rating and review. And right now, get an annual subscription to The Athletic for just a dollar a month for six months when you visit theathletic.com slash straight from the source. Straight from the source will return later this month. Talk to you soon, everybody.